Welcome to The Wedding Edit, a wedding planning podcast for the modern couple. All right, so today's episode is all about one of the most important aspects of your wedding planning process, and that is choosing a venue or a location. So Dana and I are going to talk about some of the key things that may be helpful for you guys to consider when you're thinking about where you want to get married. Mm. It will depend on the type of wedding that you're going to have or that you've decided to have if you're going to have like a micro wedding elopement, that kind of a thing. So that all comes into play. I think we're going to focus a bit more on um, having like a larger or medium to large kind of wedding. Yeah, and the things that you might need to consider when you're looking at venues to hold that wedding. But um, obviously that's not to take away from the people that want to have an adventurous elopement on a clifftop or Mm. but this episode will probably be more tailored to those who need to consider everything that is included or not included in the venues that they're looking at. Yeah. And we will have a really awesome episode upcoming for you as well about elopements and micro weddings and the best way to do those and all the pros and cons as well. Well, when Joel and I were planning our wedding, we I found one of the most stressful things at the start was actually trying to find a venue that fit ticked all the boxes. I found it really overwhelming. I'd email all these venues and get all these different packs from them and there was so much information. We were also living in Melbourne at the time and we were planning on getting married in Adelaide. So for us it was like looking at photos online and we weren't actually going to be able to physically look at some of these venues. So we ended up coming to the decision that we need to go to Adelaide. We need to actually visually see them um, because it was really important to me and Joel for it to be, you know, like we wanted an outdoor ceremony but we wanted it to be really beautiful. So we photos don't always reflect exactly how a venue looks. Mm. So um, we ended up coming to Adelaide and we spent a whole day and we visited a whole bunch of venues and it was so funny because the venue we ended up choosing was not actually on our shortlist and my parents just said, oh, have you looked at this venue? And we drove past there on the way home and that was the venue we ended up booking. So... Yeah, sometimes it's good to get a bit of advice from friends and family and word of mouth as well. We never probably would have booked our venue if we hadn't had that little tip. So we looked at a couple of different types of venues. One was dry hire. So what I mean by dry hire is where you, the couple, have to bring everything in, source it all. So you've got to bring in furniture, catering, sometimes kitchen equipment, even a marquee if it's like a literally an empty paddock. Um, whereas what I refer to as a staffed venue is like a, maybe like a winery or a venue that has staff on site, a kitchen, furniture, there's a lot of stuff already included in the space. There would be like different price ranges with those too, wouldn't there? Yeah. I think a lot of people lean to a dry hire because it's cheaper sometimes Mm. when they look at it at a first glance, they sort of look and go, well, this venue hire fee is only, I don't know, a thousand dollars. Whereas this one, which is a staffed venue, is like $5,000. I don't understand the difference. So they booked the dry hire only to figure out towards the end of their wedding planning process that they've spent like fifteen grand on furniture. Yeah. Whereas the staffed venue had all of their furniture included. So. Oh, gosh. Yeah, honestly, I have had so many couples 
that I've worked with who have booked a dry hire venue and, and sort of said to me towards the end, we actually thought this was going to be cheaper and it's cost us so much more. Yeah. I guess it depends on the aesthetic that you're going for though as well. Like if you really hate the chairs at a venue, you want to bring in your own chairs. Definitely. And that's one thing that when when we got married, like I hated the chairs at yeah. the venue, but I didn't really because I wasn't a wedding stylist then, so I didn't really like look at it from a styling perspective. I kind of went, you know, what, I really like the 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 aesthetic of the whole place, but I didn't sort of analyze the furniture because I didn't know how much chairs cost. Mm. When I got a quote for chairs, <laughs> I could not believe. I think it was a you know fifteen hundred dollars or something for to bring different chairs in. And we just decided it's not worth it. But now I look back at my wedding photos and I just hate the chair so much. Um, at the time, Joel was like, who cares? It's a chair. Yeah. They just <laughs> need me, to like seat people. For me, I was like, I look back now and think, God, I wish I got these other chairs in. What were the other chairs like? Were they, they were like just, the Bentwood ones? Yeah, they were just Bentwoods. And, you know, six yeah. years ago, Bentwoods were. So the, of, the chairs that you had, were they like the white Americana chairs? No, they were like these um wooden like fold up chairs that you could get from Bunnings, like they're outdoor okay. furniture type chairs. So were they don't like judge a, guys a neutral color or wood like just like yeah. very rustic. Oh, they don't sound too bad. No, but that venue has since gotten rid of the chairs. I'm happy to say they've got amazing chairs now. Mm. Um, but yeah, me and the um, venue coordinator joked about how terrible the chairs used to be. <laughs> I suppose mm. like going back 20 years ago when people got married, I don't know, in holes and things like that, that it was just like whatever was there. I know. We've become so. Bring your own food. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what else do you think people should look for in a venue? Um, well, I was thinking about the location of a venue, like you were touching on that and how important that was to you like obviously being in Melbourne and wanting to get married in Adelaide you needed to have the venue in Adelaide um (laughs) but then I think also you need to think about where where your guests kind of live I mean you don't want to have something that is like six hours away if most of your guests don't live in that town um but then also if you were doing like a location wedding then that would be fine if it was like somewhere that you had to fly to. But I was just thinking about how your ceremony and your um, reception location should probably be within a good distance of each other so that it's not too hard for your guests to get from one location to the other. But you could be looking at a location that has both of those things for you as well. I guess it it all comes down to really what is important to you as the couple. Uh, Yeah, just what kind of vibe you're going for, but like what's most important to you when choosing different aspects of your venue as well. Yeah. It's always going to come into the decision. Definitely. That was important to us in having the ceremony and reception in the same location just to make sure there was a nice flow. Um, and that it wasn't sort of disjointed but, yeah. you know, a lot of people have a church ceremony and then a reception elsewhere so mm. what you're saying I think is really valid around making sure it's not too difficult for people because the thing is when it becomes really difficult for your guests it starts to become difficult for you because you get thousands of questions coming your way yeah. in the weeks leading up to your wedding because no mm. one thinks about it until yeah. a week before and then they start freaking out about 
oh, hang on a minute, have you got a bus and how do we get from here to here and what's the parking like? So yeah. it's good to kind of preempt some of those things and address them early on. Yeah, I suppose the more complicated you make it, the more work it's going to be for you as the couple if you don't yeah. have a planner, obviously. Yep. Definitely. So you need to think about the location, so how far the ceremony location is from the reception location or um, if it's all-inclusive so those are both on the same property, which makes it easy for everyone generally but um, depends on where you want to get married and why. Yeah, and actually what's really important in this early stage before you even probably consider location as in you know ceremony and reception is actually your guest list numbers so how many guests have you actually sat down and written out your guest list which you know when we talked about the bud in the episode before this we talked about writing out your guest list so that you could work out what your budget might need to be um but this the guest list is also important to be you know somewhat aware of because some venues won't be able to fit the capacity of guests that you want yeah and, and also so, if you have like too little amount of guests as well for the minimum spend, that's also a bit of waste of money for you as well. Yeah, or if it's a huge space and you've only got 40 guests, it's going to require a lot of styling to make it feel intimate. So you need to consider the size of the space and how many guests you're having and, you know, how much styling will it take to fill a huge space if you've only got a small am- amount of guests. Um, but, yeah. I think that's probably a key thing to decide early on when when you start looking at venues because it will cut some off of your list so it will save you time if you, you know, why would you bother looking at a venue that can't fit your guest numbers? Yeah. In regards to booking your venue, you really need to be thinking about your budget. So you would go back over the budget that you have already put together as a couple for your wedding um, considering your guest numbers and then from that you need to have a look at the venue's contract and see if there are any hidden costs. Um, it's also good to, to chat to the venue coordinator or their manager there that deals with the events. They'll be able to go over if there's like a cake cottage cost um, as well as um, things like linen or like cleaning fees, anything like that. So it would just be good for you to go over that, um, yeah, to see what else there might be. Yeah, and also um, venue hire fees. A lot of couples, before they start planning their wedding, they're not actually aware that a venue will actually charge a hire fee. Mm. Um, I don't know any venue that doesn't charge a mm. hire fee. So um, they will vary based on the type of venue and what's included. So don't be fooled if there's a really high hire fee and a really low hire fee. You probably need to really look at the contract and see yeah. what's included and what's not. Yeah, it's okay to ask questions as well. They're expecting you to anyway. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. The other thing that, that may factor into how much you guys end up spending is the styling. So um, when you look at venues, really look at it from an aesthetic perspective. So does it reflect the style that you guys want, what you like? Um, you know, do you like their furniture or do you hate it? <laughs> Um, and do you know have you fallen in love with the location and the actual the way that it looks Mm. Um, because if you're doubting that then I would probably suggest looking elsewhere because if it means you feel like you need to bring in a lot of flowers and a lot of furniture and a lot of different things to really make it your style then it's probably not the right venue for you guys 
That's so true. So in talking about looking at venues, you really need to be looking at a venue to book quite far in advance. Like depending on when you want to have your wedding, if you're having like a shorter engagement, you're not going to have as much choice. Um, You might even need to be looking at having a winter wedding as such. But if you are looking quite a far out time, so like 12 to 18 months is probably like a good amount of time, maybe like more towards 18 months if there's somewhere that you've really got your heart set on. Um, But, yeah, really need to be looking at venues uh, a fair way out just so that you have that choice. Otherwise, the choices are going to be less yeah, actually, I might jump in there and, and talk about when I booked, mm. when we were booking our venue because so we, we ended up booking Choreo, which I love um, and, you know, I'm biased but I love Choreo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I remember when we were looking at it, the day we looked, I think because we were planning on we wanted to have like a March-ish wedding, <laughs> which is what everyone wants, um, and they were like, oh, we're fully booked, you know, and I, I'm sure that it was we were looking in early in the year before so it would have been 12 months away and they were already fully booked mm. and then the only date they could get us was October mm-hmm. the following year so it was 18 months away and I remember we ended up booking the October date but I said to them, if anything comes up or you have a cancellation earlier in the year, can you let us know? Mm. And about two months later they contacted me and they said, we've had an opening on the 2nd of April do you want it? And we were like, yep, done. And then all of a sudden we were like, we need to start planning (laughs) (laughs) because we thought we had 18 months and then all of a sudden it was like I think nine months or something. So, yeah. I think that we booked our venue like nine months out. Wow. I think. You're lucky that you could get. I know. Well, we got married in September so it was like a bit of a chillier month and I think back when we got married, which was like – eight, nine years ago, um, people weren't really getting married in September and now people get married in September all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, we got really lucky though. So we thought that we couldn't afford the venue that we really wanted and then um, I think they had like a changeover of coordinator and packages and stuff. So And then we looked at the cocktail package and realised that we could afford it. So, yeah, we managed to get our dream venue, which was amazing, which was the White House in Handorf. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So gorgeous, Mm -hmm. such a good spot too. It is. The other thing to consider is transport. So I know we talked about the ceremony and reception venue and if you end up having them at separate locations, making sure they're within close proximity. But even when you're booking a venue that you're having everything at, so both ceremony and reception, if that's in a regional location or in a wine region or somewhere quite far from the nearest city, um, you need to consider and speak to your venue about you know transport you know mm. do we need to provide buses or not and this is something to check with them early on in that mm. first meeting mm. because buses can be really expensive if you guys are providing them mm. um you know for 50 50 seat bus depending on how far it's going it can be over a thousand dollars so it's just one of those factors to consider because some of those venues that are say a winery in a wine region they'll they'll have no taxis or ubers out there like it's not going to be easy for people to just jump on their phone and order a taxi so it's definitely something that some venues will say well you have to have buses 
That's mm. a nice way to look after your guests too. I mean, you don't have to do um, the bombonaries now or the favours as such. You could do a bus ride home. <laughs> sure people will enjoy that a lot more as well. <laughs> the bus ride home is always the best. I remember <laughs> the bus ride home from my cousin's wedding. It was the messiest. <laughs> the party's still going. Party bus. <laughs> oh, it was so much fun. Everyone was so drunk. I don't remember a lot of it, but... I just remember getting off and one of my cousins was like throwing up and it was just disgusting. <laughs> but but it was like the songs on the bus as well, yeah. just everyone was getting into it and Horses like by Daryl Braithwaite. <laughs> oh, my gosh, so good. That's hilarious. <laughs> it actually sucks for the bride and groom to they miss, miss out. out on that. Yeah, yeah. and from, for our wedding, I know I keep talking about my wedding, but it's, you know, obviously relevant and my only experience with being a – couple you know getting married but um I remember the next day hearing from our guests about the bus ride and I yeah. was I got FOMO I was like oh, <laughs> we missed out yeah <laughs> you would get FOMO too I know well, I, we <laughs> should have didn't care <laughs> we should have just got on the bus with them and said drop us off at our accommodation oh, uh, did so you guys funny. do transport uh no everybody took their own cars I think yeah yeah, yeah. do you regret yeah. that or not really uh, no, uh, I think that like within like our community that we had at the time, they were very much used to like, um, driving to weddings and yeah. just driving because everyone was from the country. So yeah. Yeah. So it made sense. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely something to consider is, mm. you know, your guests and whether yeah. you think that it would be something that they expect yeah. or need, but, um, yeah. I think the only thing that I kind of regret is that they they could because they brought their own cars, they could leave really early. I think that <laughs> Doug and I ended up being like one of the last people to kind of leave. And I just kind of thought like at the time, should be the bride and groom that leave first. But like you guys just having too much fun. <laughs> yeah. We left kind of early. It was out. like 10, 10 p.m. or something, I think, that we left. And then our accommodation was a bit of a drive, though. I think it was about an hour away. Oh, wow. Yeah. But it was really beautiful accommodation, which is why we chose it. So, and we're staying there for two nights. So it was yeah. fine. We just got there at like midnight or half 11 or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's another thing to ask the venue about is the timings mm. for their packages because sometimes you don't look at that kind of fine yeah. print in the contract of what time can we actually have our ceremony. And yeah. then I had a wedding recently at a venue where the couple wanted to bring their ceremony forward like an hour yeah. and the venue were like, oh, you can't do that because we have lunch service beforehand. Yeah. No, that's so true. So they ended up and then there was a curfew at the end of the night so yeah. they couldn't actually extend their wedding by that extra hour. Yeah. Hmm. They have other rules as well. Uh. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So many rules that venues have, which is totally fine, but I remember being really disappointed um, that we couldn't do like those um, those lanterns. You know, the lanterns, that the paper lanterns, they're like Chinese Oh, yeah, ones, yeah. And you like light them up and like they go up into the air. Um, so we, well, I really wanted them. I think it was when Tangled first came out and it was oh, in Tangled. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so Are they like the Thai kind of what they do in Thailand where they I can't remember. have like a They normally do it on the water. Inside? Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're doing it on the water is like an alternative nowadays to when they used to do them into like the air. Yeah. So, but I think okay. it depends on where, like if you did it in the mountains, it wouldn't really matter. But I think doing it in the Adelaide Hills when it was like 
fire season was like not a, a <laughs> not good time ideal. to do it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, so, good point you raise yeah. about fire season because some venues are really. Um, you know, obviously strict with having candles as well. Yeah, and I know that true. that's not it's not really a big deal, but I have had some couples that get really disappointed because yeah. they've planned on having candles as like a major feature in their styling. Yeah. And then the venue's like, oh, sorry, you can't. You can't have candles and I'm yeah. sorry but I'm not a fan of those battery-operated oh, candles. Yeah. They just, I'd, I'd rather no candles. There needs to be like an invention <laughs> for like a newer yeah. one that's like in between the battery one and the real candles that looks lifelike but it's not. Yeah, they're really. Maybe they'll do like a digital one. Oh, how funny <laughs> would that be? Digital flame. <laughs> that would be cool. Oh. Business idea maybe. Mm-hmm. We could yeah. do a start. We could have a side hustle. That's pregnant now. so we talked about the transport um but also with transporting guests you need to think about walking so like when your guests are arriving to your ceremony like how far do they have to walk from their car to the ceremony location Mm. there's like lots where it's like only a couple of meters or whatever if you're like me i like to get the closest park to the supermarket that is not the the disabled park because that you're not meant to park there. Um, the one next to the disabled park. Um, but, yeah, if there's like a lot of walking and you've got older people or if you're also walking over rocks and things because Doug and I, we considered getting married on the beach that he proposed to me on and they have like this section of rocks that you have to walk over and that's not going to be good for like a 60 to 80-year-old. So you need to consider who your guests are and what their abilities are and where they're walking and how far it is and if – that's not going to work out, then you do need to figure out a way to um, work out how they're going to get there. Um, without- Wheelchair access yeah, as well that's for so the grandparents. True. Yeah, sometimes there's even guests on crutches. <laughs> yeah, well, that's their own fault for, you know. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I was thinking more if someone <laughs> like if someone broke their ankle like, you know, no, a couple yeah. of weeks before your wedding, you yeah. can't plan for that. But if it's genuinely someone that's permanently on crutches, of course. Yeah. Of course, that's something to consider. Sorry, that sounded really insensitive. <laughs> so when considering your venue, you really need to be thinking about your guest experience. So we we're just talking about walking from the car to the ceremony and how far that might be. But also then as well, like think about the heating and the cooling. Like is it going to be really hot? Is there shelter? That kind of thing. Thinking about the weather, um, you know, if it's the middle of the day in summer, like you don't want people getting sunburned, that kind of a thing. There needs to be some kind of shelter or umbrellas or those kind of things. So thinking about your guests' experience and making sure that, you know, Arnie Heather is okay, all of those things, especially if you're having older people and young babies attend as well, like there's lots of things to think about with them, with the elements as well. The other thing to think about is accommodation for your guests, whether that's on site or nearby. Are there many options for guests to stay nearby if they wish to? Um, You know, a lot of people have got interstate or guests coming from other locations, so it's always nice to have options close by for them. Um, And the other thing that's really important that I always talk to my couples about early on is backup weather options. So I've had so many summer weddings that have been rained out um February December like the two that come to mind um where we've and November this year like we had a ceremony that was fully outdoors and we had to bring that inside and there wasn't a lot of 
backup option other than having it in the reception space. Mm-hmm. So it was look, it wasn't easy because we had to bring all the chairs in and put them on the dance floor. But um, it's it's always important to talk about that with your venue and find out what options are there in case you need them for backup um, weather. And also with things like your dance floor, like I have a lot of couples that plan to have their dance floor outside in October and I say to them, you need to plan to have it inside and then at the last minute if we can have it outside, that can be, you know, plan A. But plan B we should probably aim for just just so you're not disappointed and stressed in the week leading up to your wedding. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, a really good point because if you like think about with where we're headed with like climate change and things like that and I know that things um, happen year to year I mean you can look at the long forecast but it's highly likely that it's going to be different to whatever it was the last three years especially if it if the weather's been the same for the last five years in a row it's highly likely that your weather's going to be completely different to what has been you know in previous years the same yeah I actually did the weather girls wedding um (laughs) The Channel what? 7 Weather Girls Wedding and she she taught me a lot about the weather <laughs> um, because we were looking at the forecast in the lead up to her wedding and she was speaking to the meteorologists at the, you know, TV station and she actually said to me there's no point in even looking at the weather until yeah. three like days out. Yeah. Because even a week out sometimes mm-hmm. it's not accurate. You'd kind of expect as the weather girl to have the most perfect weather on your wedding day. Yeah, I think she was, she got married in a church, so it wasn't oh, really it that. Didn't but really matter then anyway. It was outside the venue yeah. where the cocktail hour was happening. Yeah. That's where she was worried, you mm. know, because there was no shelter. So I think at the last minute she booked a marquee. Yeah. So when I think about venues, I think about how people are treated and customer service is a really important thing to be thinking about because I suppose you don't really want to be emailing your venue and not getting a response as well as uh, if the venue coordinator is going to yell at all of your guests, then that's not great either. So I think that looking at reviews is a really good way of seeing how good a venue has performed in the past. Sometimes you can, um, I suppose some people do get bad reviews at times and I think that you can pretty much see from what a person's put in their review, if it's like a bogus review, if it's like a revenge review, that kind of a thing. Um, so always take like the one-star reviews with a grain of salt because um, I don't know anyone that does like a reasonable one-star review, to be honest. Um, but I think they're also talking to couples that have had their wedding there before, especially if it's a wedding that's similar to like what you're kind of wanting. I remember when we got married I had a lot of brides come and like speak to me about where we had our wedding and how we did it and all of that. Um, even though it was like a kind of a newer venue or didn't really exist at the time, people wanted to know how we did things and feedback for it um, so that they could do it well as well. So last little tip for the episode on choosing your venue is that there are actually some really cool venue directories. So if you're getting really stuck and you need a bit of help with pulling together a shortlist of venues, one place to start, which is a national blog, is Wedshed. Um, and then we'll also, there's a lot of local to your state, there's a lot of local venue directories. So we'll, we'll actually pop them in our show notes. So if you want to get some tips for your local state, just head to the show notes. Awesome. 
So thank you so much for joining us for this episode on booking or um, looking at your venues. Uh, our next episode is about timelines, so when you should do things and planning your wedding. Thank you.